As much as people depend on us as leaders, you need someone who believes in you. You need a place to be open and honest with someone who's walked in your shoes and wants to help you become the leader you are meant to be. This is that place with those kind of people. Welcome to the Relational Leader Podcast with your host, Randy Bazet. Each episode will sit down and engage in life-giving conversation, unpacking leadership's greatest challenges. Welcome to the newest episode of the Relational Leader Podcast. My name is Kristen, and as always, I'm here with Randy on this new season I know that we're kicking off, to- another series. Today's a whole new series that we're kicking off on a whole bunch of things uh, really related, like to staff culture and all of that. And in fact, yeah. you know, normally you sit in the seat of kind of being the host. I Do I not do a good job? <laughs> no, you do a good job. You're not being fired. Okay. So this is not talking about staff culture. We're, n- next uh, episode, we're going to be talking about hiring and firing and all okay. that. Are so you, that's when I'm going to fire you. Perfect. But this one, perfect. you're still on board. Perfect. But you're all in. But no, normally you kind of host and moderate the conversation. Yeah. But you have been around here since day one. Sure. And you are the executive director over staff culture mm-hmm. and church culture a- as a whole. So... Today, uh, I want to make sure that you're speaking as much as you are asking questions because <laughs> you carry the culture of this thing as well as anybody. So uh, maybe I should be the host today. All right, all right. Okay, you you kick us off. Start start it off. Okay, pretend like we're starting over. You ready? Well, welcome everyone to another episode of our Relational Leader Podcast. So glad to have you here today. My name is Randy, and I'm your host. Doing nice. pretty good. Nice. And I want to take a moment and introduce you to our panel that we're going to have today, our guests that we're going to have with us today. Today, we have Kristen Begnell on here today. Oh, it's so great to be here with you. What a great How episode. We're gonna, I'm doing so good. Now, at Bayside, you've been around there really since the very beginning, yeah. so 18 plus years yes. now. And uh, so you've worn a lot of hats. I have. Yeah, see uh-huh. how well I'm doing, guys? This is, this is good. <laughs> I mean, I feel like I really know what You've I'm doing. You've got a future. If you ever decide <clears throat> not to be a lead pastor, mm-hmm. just be a podcast host. You know, I've heard I have a great <laughs> face for radio <laughs> or podcast. <laughs> that's awesome. Oh, that's awesome. Well, I am, for real, though, I'm so glad to do this with you, whether it's hosting or chiming into some just questions. Just please so. jump in today oh, and answer a lot of these questions because I have... Today, I really do have some incredible people here to really speak about all this. So you guys, you just, you better get your pens ready, your listening ears ready. It's going to be awesome. It is going to be good. Well, why don't you, since you're hosting so well, why don't you introduce our other guests that we have? Because it's not just me. Thank the Lord. Yes. Uh, Who who else we have with us? We got some, we got a wingman for you. Yeah, we've got someone very wise. (laughs) Yes, we do. Uh, Amy McCullough is on our panel today. Amy, it's really great to have you today. And uh, Amy, you have been... Uh, on staff now for how many years at Bayside? Uh, just over four. Four years. It yes. feels like longer than that because of the value of oh. what you brought. Yes. It, it really does. Like in a good way. Like in sometimes great... you say that and it's like, oh. <laughs> it feels you like I've been be, here forever. <laughs> you wouldn't be on this podcast if it was the other way around. <laughs> That's true. I don't well, normally bring the people that I want to talk about <laughs> on here. <laughs> so I'll still have a job in the next episode. You definitely a have a job. <laughs> You started out as HR director here at Bayside, and you did a great job with that. You've now turned that over, and now you're over all things leadership, from the college to staff and leadership development there as well. And so really glad to have you here. You've done a great job because when we hired you, we didn't have HR, and we were way beyond 
needing HR. HR. We had 183 people on staff when I started. With no HR. With, with no, no HR. HR. With like HR as like the paperwork you gave to finance. And this is like, why we invited oh, her to this word. podcast because of her wisdom. <laughs> so it has been though an incredible opportunity like to be able to build that to support the culture that you have set for Bayside has been incredible. And so um, I don't know for me leadership and culture go hand in hand. Yeah. So it's mm-hmm. just a privilege because you can't create the culture we have here if the senior leader, if the lead pastor isn't the person who's setting the tone for that. So mm-hmm. it's been true, truly you, an honor to support Thank you. That. Thank you. So. Thank you for sharing that. And uh, yeah, I can't believe it. That's why this podcast, I think, is so important because we're not here to tell you, well, these guys are here to tell you how it works. I'm here as the person who said, I don't know what the heck I'm doing. <laughs> I made a lot of bad decisions. Let's so. hire 180 people before an HR director. <laughs> I mean, who would lead a church like that? Who could even build a church like that? Point one, I, for his grace. I don't recommend doing it that way. <laughs> like maybe once you get like, I don't know, 150, 75, something in there. Think about HR. At least, like, add it to someone's job description. I didn't realize how many people it was. I feel like such an idiot right now. So I think I'm going to leave the room. And you guys... Oh, man. No, but it is. Okay, it, back to you, Kristen. Okay, all right. Let me, let me regroup this conversation. No, um, Amy, though, it truly, you, you, I think Randy said it as we started, but you, you from day one feel like you're just a part of the family. So even yes. though I've been here since basically day one, you might as well have. So Indeed. it's, uh, it, it is. It well, feels like that. It does. Yeah. It was, it was very instantaneous. And um, it's just when God brings the right people on the team, don't let them go. But, you know, to, to, to bring the gravity of this topic, the I'm not saying we waited so long be, strictly because of this, but yeah. I do remember the fear and intrepidation that I had in hiring an HR person because uh, it really is the, the tone setter. Mm-hmm. And I loved our staff culture, just the, the relational side of it, and we're family and we're doing this together. And what I didn't want to do was to lose that. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times it can get lost in developing corporate side of your church. Mm-hmm. And I was very afraid of that. So that's why this topic is so important in this whole season uh, or series that mm-hmm. we're talking about now, because it can really, it, it either is going to grow your church because your staff are going to be healthy mm-hmm. or it's going to become a hindrance and a roadblock to that. Yeah. And so that this topic is extremely important. It is. And the reality is, is every church has a culture. Whether it is a healthy culture or a not healthy culture, whether it's, I mean, it, whether you, it's written, it or, not. Whether it's written yeah. or not, it exists because mm-hmm. culture is not a set of HR policies. It's people. It's what people value. It's how people live. And it's how things are done. It is. Right. And how things are not done and how they're addressed or not addressed. Yes. And whether they're swept under the rug or whether they're brought to light and how to do that in a healthy mm-hmm. way. All of those things. That's what HR does. And you need HR, you know, they're not really the police, but they do need to make sure that we're doing things right and legally. At the same time, you don't want to, as the point leader, feeling like, oh, all I have is a watchdog around here now. Right. And they're not actually adding value to the vision. They're just being a corporate police. It's a big deal. Mm -hmm. So hopefully the things we share with you today, uh, whether you already have HR or whether you're a smaller church, a church plant, whatever it is, 
that you can take these things and go develop your own HR and culture and Mm kind of run with it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think, honestly, it's so important because the culture you set is going to be the filter by which every staff member is making decisions, whether they are employment decisions or ministry decisions or execution decisions. And so having the opportunity to say, this is who we are and have that clearly defined and mapped out and assessing, is this a healthy way? Is the stuff, like you said, being swept under the rug or is it brought forward, do we own it when we make a decision that's outside of the culture that we want to embrace Mm -hmm. is so critical to keep that healthy, that authenticity, that vulnerability of leadership is Mm -hmm. so important. So then uh, I have, I have, I'm going to jump off on a bridge here and just see if I either sink or swim. Okay. So let's (laughs) pretend like, (laughs) 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 let's pretend, let's pretend that I am a host of a podcast and I do not lead Bayside Community Church. Mm. I have a podcast, and we're talking about HR and staff culture today. So uh, the place that you guys work for, let's talk about staff culture. How in the world has the place that you work for developed a healthy staff culture? Talk about it. Remember, I'm not Randy, the yep. CEO yep. of Bayside, where you work. Mm-hmm. I'm a podcast uh, host. You're such a good podcast host. <laughs> That's a good question. Yeah. I'll, I'll I'll jump in. So yeah, absolutely. You freedom know, to speed them. The freedom to speak. Just free. Just free. free. Right. Just go ahead. Yeah. I, yeah. So so when it comes to culture, culture has to be set by by someone. Mm-hmm. It, it starts it starts somewhere, and so that in a church organization, culture is going to start from the top tier, and it's going to work its way down. Mm-hmm. So whatever that top tier is doing, lead pastors, executive pastors, the way that they're leading, that's what's going to start to set in motion the culture of what we value, why we do things, how we do things. So I think about the culture that has been created at Bayside. You know, if I go all the way back to 18 years ago, um, I had a front row seat to who our lead pastors were, Mm -hmm. which then showed me the culture of our church. Um, The challenge is, is that as a church and an organization grows, there becomes a greater gap Absolutely. between the top tier people and the person that is quite distanced, maybe in a different city if you're a multi-site church or things like that. So there becomes this gap and this distance. And so if you don't have culture carriers to carry that culture all the way throughout the organization, then culture starts to shift a little, change a little, um, maybe get off in some places. And, and that's, that's, a, that's a super Im- important thing to be mindful of. 100%. Um, you know, and I think even in this last year, particularly, we've realized that, that our culture carriers, if everything, if you are running your organization and you're super close to a very few people, maybe that's two or three people that you have, the concentrate that they need to be able to pour out into other staff needs to be astronomically high, um, almost like duplications of the heartbeat of mm-hmm. the senior pastor. Um, and so if you can can lead through a team that might be a little bit larger, then that concentrate is 
it may be now through eight people or 10 people. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's happening that way. Randy, you and I, uh, over the last couple of years, have had situations come up where you've called me and you've said, hey, how did we get here? Or what went wrong? Or what went sideways You know, in this conversation? Um, and so those are moments where our culture had shifted to something that maybe you never intended it to be. And so mm-hmm. decisions and frameworks um, happened. And it was like, wait a minute, we need, we need to shift back to the heartbeat of who mm-hmm. we are are as an organization um, and you know the ability that we have and the time and space and intentionality that you've created to say we love people first um, and so often I have worked on other church staffs where maybe you know the staff were seen as the doers but not necessarily members of the church and so that can shift your culture and and so you're not seeing them as Oh, you're you're a Baysider, and so I'm going to love you first. Mm-hmm. And as you know, my brother, my sister in Christ, and the fact that this is our church, and then we're going to lead from that place of loving and understanding and believing the best about one another um, as we lead this organization forward. So you said something that I think is a couple of pieces that we can drill down on this staff, this healthy culture. Sure. Uh, you said as the the leader so you were speaking of me that i've asked these questions how did we get here where did we go wrong so the first thing i would speak to if you're a point leader if you're the lead pastor of a church then you have to ask questions all the time when there's a problem it can't be you know who did what's wrong and let's bring down an axe let's get rid of some people it's the leading question of how did we get here Mm -hmm. where did we go wrong because one of the values that i have in leading is that uh, I like to understand the mistakes that I've made so that I don't repeat them. Yes. I've said this in other podcasts mm-hmm. before. I, I, I do not mind making mistakes. In fact, if you're not making a mistake, you're not trying. But what I despise more than making mistakes is to repeating a mistake. Mm-hmm. So yeah. uh, I think it's so important to learn from those. So I'll speak to the lead pastors or any ministry department leader. Don't just run in with a hatchet ask yourself how did we get here what did we do wrong and what can we change okay that's one side of it now let me ask you from for everyone else that's listening um how do you lead change in culture if you don't have a a lead pastor asking that question because if you're going to have healthy staff culture it needs to come from the top down Mm -hmm. but if it comes from both directions that's best so let's Mm -hmm. speak to those people how, how can we do that? What what would you say would be the good thing to do? I think that there is culture that we communicate, and then there's the actual reality of the culture of the organization that's lived out. And so for if I'm a ministry director in a church and those two things are not coming into alignment, so who we say we want to be might be different than who we are on a day-to-day basis, In my life, those have been opportunities to coach up and to have the question. Sometimes you're the person coming to the table asking the hard question to say, could you help me understand why we came in with the hatchet when maybe we could have sought understanding? Great. Um, Mm -hmm. And so being able to be, I think, confident enough in your position and your calling and knowing your church structure, honoring um, folks when you do have those conversations is so important. But someone has to take the ownership to have them. And so if you've been placed in a church and you are seeing holes in the culture, you are seeing misalignment, the worst thing you can do is not to say anything Mm -hmm. um, at all. You have to ask yourself, like, 
Father, have you placed me here? Have you called me to this church? If the answer is yes, then you're equally responsible to help make that at a healthy culture. Mm -hmm. The people that work for you, the people that work above you. Mm -hmm. That's so. so good. I love that question you said. How did we lead with the hatchet versus seeking understanding? Seeking, seeking understanding. understanding. Yeah. You, that's a okay to walk into your boss's office and to say that takes a serious amount of gall to think. Okay, yes, I have to ask this question. Now you have to do it in honor. Yes, but I think that's important. I think we can sometimes idolize our church or our leadership, and therefore mm -hmm. we've made an idol out of that rather than even the church can be an idol. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I think Christ should be greater than the church. So maybe this is going to disrupt. Maybe I could lose my job or maybe I could get crossways, but we, we have to be God's expression. So if you're listening and you're in that situation, I would tell you to pray and then walk into the meeting and just ask the question for you to seek understanding as well. That was a great, great point. You said something about working at another church. Yes. So um, what are the dangers of hiring people that don't go to church? where you're asking them to work? So I think that the thing that makes a healthy staff culture is a common commitment to a shared vision. So if, if you see an organization as like pulling a wagon, if your members are your staff, every hand is on that wagon. And in an ideal world, you're all pulling in the same direction. If you're paying me to show up Tuesday through Friday or to show up on Sundays, I'm I'm not committed to You're a that wagon. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm hired. And so I come in, and even if I do a great job for the compensation that I am receiving, the heart beat, like the who I am and what motivates me and going above and beyond will never truly be there unless they have bought in to the church. The flip side is also true. The church does not necessarily see staff that are hirelings as people to care for and to love. And so in the very best environment where your members are your staff, and yes, that can be challenging in transitions and hard conversations and employee reviews, um, but when they are and you're committed to love them, the, the staff that are here Randy, many of them were the people that you started Bayside with 18 years ago. Right. Mm -hmm. They were friends and they were attendees and they were people that you prayed to show up long before we knew what today would look like. True. And so when you love them at that level, then creating the culture where staff feel loved and can go out and love the people they're having coffee with to pour into them because they know that that's how their church, their employer feels is an incredible, it's a gift. So this is going to lead us into something really practical. Uh, basically what you said is one of the things that I like to live by or I've, I've taught on before, and that is that you reproduce what you are, not what you say. Mm -hmm. So if all you're doing is hiring people to do something on the Sunday or mm -hmm. Tuesday through Friday, as you said, then even though they may be competent in their job, they're going to reproduce what they are, which is simply a hireling. This right. is not my church. I'm mm -hmm. not going to own the culture, really care about it. I'm here to do a job. You're going to reproduce that. So you may look around your church as a, as a leader or your ministry and just realize, man, I don't like the culture I have. It could be because you don't have people that are culture carriers. Right. Okay. Yeah. So... Talk, let's talk about that. Yeah, I mean, so you said something both of y'all have, and um, and it is this idea of ownership. 
Mm-hmm. Um, you will, won't have culture carriers if you don't allow people to own what it is that they're building. Um, yes. And and You're so right. people want to have ownership of something. And so you've got to you got to let them. But that also helps to create that ability to wait a second. I don't just sit in the seat. I don't just do this job. But wait, I'm a part of something. I have responsibility that is beyond just doing a job or my responsibility. If I'm a part of a church and I'm a Christ follower, my responsibility is first to Christ. So if that means having to seek understanding and have a difficult conversation, I'm doing it because I own this just as much as my lead pastor owns it. It's maybe in a different seat and from a, but I, I own this and so I'm gonna carry it. I'm gonna I'm gonna I believe in it. I'm gonna move move things forward because I've chosen I've chosen to own it. Mm-hmm. And that is a huge shift from a hireling or someone that just works here to someone that truly is a culture carrier and someone who owns it. Um, it's, it's just, it's a big So you difference. couldn't really know if someone's a culture carrier until you had an opportunity to be in a situation to see how they would respond. Mm-hmm. So really your interview shouldn't be in a room with a job description. It should be something that's already happened before you got to that moment. Yeah, I mean... If we're talking interviews, I, I think back. we're going to get to hiring. <laughs> I know. Okay, the next episode. It I don't is. want to get ahead it of is. too much. But, but but like I I I it took me. You were in an HR position, and I was actually hiring someone. You were, and uh, I think I I it took like fourteen months or so more more than you were at to, eighteen months to fill the position. Oh yes. yeah, we had talked about that a long time. Yeah. Because I needed you in the role you were in now, and but we I waited needed eighteen to, months. Eighteen months to find the person. And the one that we hired. Arguably one of the best. You're welcome. (laughs) You're welcome. One of the best, for sure. Um, Well, that's why you're here today. If you would have messed that one up, you wouldn't be at the table right now. Right. (laughs) I would be fired. Um, But but that hire had nothing to do with the ability to do a job. It was the culture culture of who they were. Yep. How do you... And uh, what they valued. I can't get into that because we're going to talk about... I know. We're not going to hire into How did you interview for that or whatever? But the bottom line, what we're saying is that before they even get to an interview process, we're going to talk about how to do that in the next episode, you have to almost have these foxhole moments with them to see how they're going to respond to yeses and nos and situations and... You want to see the why behind they respond, how they respond. What's driving? What's driving somebody? What's their value system, their belief system? Mm-hmm. That's the culture that they're going to – and that'll determine if they fit into the culture of your church or not. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where we have the opportunity. So culture is so much about communicating the why behind mm-hmm. what we do. And so as leaders, we have moments where we step into making a change, and we have to lead with communicating the why. When we're looking at potential staff, Mm -hmm. asking the hypothetical situation interviews and seeing how um, interview questions and seeing how they answer those, Mm -hmm. or better yet, observing the volunteer in your ministry and how they're handling the real life situation Mm -hmm. where, you know, it's 10 10 minutes to the start of service and some folks are calling off because it's raining or snowing and you know it seems like everything's going wrong under pressure in that moment what's the character that's going to come out Mm -hmm. what's the why that they're going to lead with because they're going to go back to that person of who they really are in their character and that's the moment that you're going to say okay is this someone that i want on my team are they still encouraging people 
leading forward, you know, finding the solutions, managing the tension, uh, that the pressure they're feeling and the people that they're given to lead um, is a critical well, Let's moment. jump into that for a minute because sure. I want us to get real practical here for the rest of our time. And you said something, why? You, why are we doing that? I mean, that in essence is what culture is all about. It's not what we do or or, or how we do things. It's why we do things. And that drives the what we do and yes. the how we do yeah, it. Yeah, because the how and the what, I mean, it should change. The, yep. the methodology uh, or the method should change, but not the why, the methodology. Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, how do we, what are some practical things that we can do as point leaders in our ministries, in our churches, to help instill that culture into people, mm-hmm. to constantly be helping them know the why? Mm-hmm. So that means when they're out there and you're not around, they're still doing what they should be doing versus, mm-hmm. no, we, we do it this way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But this way may be a bad way, but I'm empowered to think, well, this is why we do it and we can do it a different yeah. way. Better. So let's. I, 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 practically, I think that sometimes as leaders, whatever leadership position you're in, in, in a church or an organization, um, sometimes you, you know the answer and you're moving fast and you're just like, let me give you the answer and let's go or, or no or yet. And oh, we've because, all been in that I mean, yeah, Why? Because like, I, I said sure. so. Yeah, like, like I don't have time. Just, just do it. <laughs> just do it. Um, but that's that will kill culture quicker than anything else, or it will cause your culture to change into something that you don't want to. But the, to me, one of the best practical things to help reproduce culture in situations that you're not a part of is to say, hey, that's a great idea. Here's why. That is the, the reason that that is the idea is because you just chose to put a person first. I know it's going to take extra time for you on the back end, but you valued the person over anything else. And so that's how we should be doing it. That's what we should be doing. Or if somebody comes up with a not so great thing, okay, I understand why you did that. But remember, we operate in a way where we always want to be people focused mm-hmm. and it, what can we do differently? Here's and the, so it's always the why. When they get it right, it's reinforcing the why. When they get it wrong, it's redirecting and reminding of the why, with the hopes that when you're not around, that they then begin that process in themselves and say, "Wait, we should do it this way because we are these type of people. This is how. This is who we are." So you constantly have to give the whys. Uh, I'm just thinking yours. Yours. You just said. So if somebody does something great, then rewarding that. So we all have staff meetings and gatherings where we get together. So it's in those moments, then say, hey, you know, the, the other day we were in this situation, and Kristen, you handled this thing a certain way. And uh, explain to everybody what you did. You mm-hmm. know, the rest of our team or volunteer team or paid staff, doesn't mm-hmm. matter. And then let you share that. And then as the point leader, then you go, well, let me explain to you guys why we did what we did or why Kristen did that and why that was so important. And then you reward that person right there mm-hmm. in front of everyone. Well, who doesn't want to continue to do that? You've, that was a teaching moment yep. that you rewarded the person for doing right. And you uh, empowered people to be to take ownership yes, and to be carriers through that and yep. empower them. Oh, I can make these changes and do these things yep. when we understand why. And when you bring new people on, I was just thinking, I just recently hired a new uh, assistant and and so I'm constantly stopping and going, okay, she needs to know why we're doing this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or yes. her, I, I gave her a filter of what are the three buckets of responsibility that I have here. And I need you to do everything you can to make sure I do those to the best that I can. So 
she was scheduling my life and let me say no 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 no. why do we do it this way mm-hmm. and all right. of a sudden i could see light bulbs go off in her mm-hmm. life that's how you create culture yeah. carriers and i love wise. what you just said like you created these filters for her to look through and i feel like in some way that is a lot of what you're trying to do when you're trying to define culture for for people and for your organization is to help people have filters in which to to do their job through mm-hmm. um that if, if you can filter everything through this why then we're going to continue to be the organization, the church, the ministry mm-hmm. that God has called us to be. Exactly. Absolutely. Yes. Did you have an idea on this kind of developing this healthy culture? And Well, I would say I agree 100% with the why, but my perspective on it is I look for people to tell me the why. And so once you have a team that has been running with you and they're making the decisions, so instead of kind of affirming the why, test it and see if, do you have it now? Like, do you know why that's the great play or that's not the best play? So when the idea that comes to you that isn't quite in alignment, asking that person the next layer, so why do you think, or how do you think that that would fit in our organization or who we are? Because I think the more they can think for themselves and adopt it and get to that place, the better that they're able to embrace it. So kind of leading them in that process of saying, hey, this is what you know about who we are. This is the people first culture that we are trying to create. So let's take that idea and put that through the filter and see what it looks like. Um, So because I think sometimes you have the moment and you can step in and tell them. Other times they're now leading people under them and you need to equip them to walk someone else through that so process. asking them the question so why did you make that decision correct and then seeing if they have it and if they don't it gives you a chance to reinforce right that you did great or you know you could have thought about this or maybe this was another way of thinking through on how to get to that answer and so you know culture leaks and we have mm-hmm. to look at every moment as a teaching moment to kind of mm-hmm. reinforce that and mm-hmm. so this has been super practical I man we could there's a whole lot more i know we could say about mm-hmm. this but the next episode is the one where we really dig into the make sure you even hiring the right person and how do you deal with them when you're not. Do uh, they fit within your culture, culture and DNA? <laughs> <laughs> wow. So I don't know how I did as a host, but I'm feeling pretty good about myself right now. Well so, done. A plus for today. <laughs> a plus for today. Yeah, we'll see. I probably won't be hosting the next one, so we'll get it. Yeah. But you guys were were awesome, extremely helpful in talking about culture and what does it look like and defining the whys. And honestly, we could probably spend another hour talking about unearthing what your culture really is, not Mm -hmm. what you want it to be, but what it really is. And how to correct it if it gets off track. We may have to to come back and do another episode to talk a little bit more about that. And the reason why we're all laughing about it is because those are things that we do around here. In fact, we're right in the middle of Mm -hmm. reevaluating all of our culture and what we say is our culture and uh, not necessarily what it is, but redefining those things because words sometimes mean different things to different people. Mm-hmm. And we've discovered that there is some danger in our culture, some some dysfunction in our culture because mm-hmm. of the words that we use. So that that's why we're all, you guys can't see us smiling. No, but, but we're, all, we're all smiling. We are smiling. We are smiling because we're all like, yeah, we will. Yeah. So we may have to do a whole nother episode on that one. But. We could. So okay. awesome to have everybody joining us. I feel I like the role of the host. Thank you so much for joining us today on this episode of the Relational Leader Podcast. And we'll see you on the next episode as we continue this healthy staff culture. 
Thanks for listening to another episode of the Relational Leader Podcast. For more resources, visit randybazette.com.